Amen. Good to see you today. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Near the end of the New Testament there. 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to just read the first four verses. Uh, this will be the first part of a, uh, several parts. I don't know how, how, how long it will take to, to, uh, to go through this because I hadn't done all the messages yet. So. But I do want us to take a look at some things that are here uh, that we can see uh, very, very clearly in the Scripture. 2 Peter 1, verse number 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle, of Jesus Christ, to them, notice this, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Like precious faith, okay? With us, through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by, uh, that, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The epistle of Second Peter is one of the Hebrew or Jewish Christian epistles and was written to establish those Jewish believers who had been dispersed uh, in different areas uh, around the globe. And uh, it's tied to Peter's first epistle, not only because Peter wrote it, but also it's written to the same, the same people, uh, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we know that they're the same people because here in 2 Peter chapter number 3 in verse number 1, he writes, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you. So he wrote the first one to them. He's writing the second one unto them. He says, In both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Now, anytime we find a second or third epistle with the same name, the, the, the first is normally doctrinal in nature. And the others are prophetic of times preceding the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, though this was addressed to the strangers scattered, understand that it was also given to the end time church. It's given to us for application. And we just read the, the reason for Second uh, Peter was to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Remembrance of what? Well, if you remember how uh, the last uh, uh, chapter of 1 Peter ended, uh, we see there Peter was closing out that first epistle in 1 Peter 5, 8. He warned his readers both then and he warned them, was warning them now that their adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion. In fact, you're right there. Uh, if you uh, just flip back one page, or it might be on the same page, it's on the same page in my Bible, uh, 1 Peter 5, in verse number 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so he's given them a reminder uh, in this book of the, of the fact that Satan desires to bring them down. 
And I, I need us to understand that same thing for us today. Listen, Satan is not your friend. Uh, he's against you. He's against the, your family. He's against this church. And if you're not careful, uh, you will allow him to affect your life in a negative way. In 2 Peter, we find the devil is revealed as going back to his old ways as a serpent. That's the way he first revealed himself in the Bible back in Genesis. That he, as a serpent, he subtly deceives God's children. But listen, as blessed believers, and we are blessed believers, we should keep fresh in our minds and reflect upon the many blessings that the Lord has given to us by way of our position of being in Christ. If you're saved this morning, you are in Christ Jesus. And that's a blessed position to be in. All of God's people should say amen right there because it, it is so. Now, we know that, and yet, if we're not careful, th this world, our flesh, and Satan himself, the devil, will, will tend to get our focus off of and our position of blessing in Christ, uh, there he wants to get our, get our minds off of that position that we have in Christ and get it onto our present circumstances, and which may be good at times, maybe not so good at times. Uh, the circumstances change. But listen, our, our position in Christ never changes. Satan loves for us to focus on our temporal life. He wants us to focus on the nasty now and now. Uh, and our, uh, he wants us to, whether we ha have physical blessings or we're, we're, we're losing those physical blessings and, don't, and have a lack of them, uh, that's what he wants us to focus on. And Peter reminds us in this epistle here to, to think beyond the temporal things. And I hope that your mind will be go away from the temporal things of this life and think on the spiritual things that we have in Christ Jesus, both now and for all of eternity. Now, even the Apostle Paul concurred with this in his writings to the churches. If you remember, when he wrote the church at Ephesus, he penned the words in Ephesians 1.3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places, in Christ, and we are blessed in that way. Praise God, hallelujah, and I thank God for that. Colossians 3, he reminded the Colossian church, he says, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He was reminding them, don't focus on your life here as much as you focus on uh, your life in Christ. He said, set your affections on things above not on things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And we who are believers, we know that our life, the, the life that we have, that eternal life is wrapped up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this morning, I want us to begin to take a look at some of the things that the Lord has given to those of us who are believers. And listen to me, if you're not in Christ today, understand that these things that we're going to be talking about are available to you if you'll trust Christ. Uh, you can become a believer by repenting of your sin, of unbelief, and trusting Christ and His gospel, what He did there on the cross of Calvary. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried, and He was raised again the third day according to the Scripture. 
So let's begin as we take a look here, and we're just gonna, we're going to look at one little phrase there in verse number one, and I want us to see we who are in Christ have obtained a like precious faith. That's what he mentioned. Look, look at verse number one again. Simon Peter, a, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, and he, he, and he uh, uh, characterizes it as this, as through the righteousness of God. And that's the only way to get uh, that precious faith. It, it's through the righteousness of God that is applied to our account uh, by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's His righteousness. Uh, he is our righteousness. And the Bible points that out over and over again. First thing I want us to see is our salvation is a like precious faith that we share with every other believer. You know, if you are saved this morning, you're just as saved as the preacher is. Okay? I didn't get a superior salvation to, to you. You didn't get a superior salvation to me or anyone else. Our salvation is like a like precious faith that we share with every other believer. Now, Okay, look, class, let's go back to our grade school days here for a moment. And remember when we were taught English grammar? Remember those days? Yeah, I tried to forget those days, haven't you? You know, we, we tried to forget those things. But uh, we, if we were paying attention, we, we came to understand that the word like is a term that means the same or similar. Amen? It's, uh, it's, it's called a simile. That we, that we use as a figure of speech. And a like precious faith means it's a faith of equal value. Your, your faith is just as valuable as my faith is valuable. We could say an equal, equally precious faith. Now, in this case, Peter was writing to these who he said have obtained a like precious faith with us. Who's the us? Well, Peter was an apostle. He mentions that there in verse number one. He, both a servant and an apostle. I like how he puts servant first. In his mind, he wasn't elevated. He was humbled to begin with as a servant. as humility. But he's also given the, the place of an apostle of Christ. And so uh, specifically here, the us is referring to Peter himself as well as all the other apostles. He said, these believers, these common believers uh, that he was uh, addressing this to, every person ha that has been genuinely born again by saving faith in Christ shares the same salvation that Peter and the other apostles possessed. We got the same salvation. And uh, it's equally precious for us as it was for them. I, there's a passage in Jude 3. Uh, it says this, as beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, calls it a common salvation. He says it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now that word common, when he says the common salvation, it doesn't mean that it's not extraordinary. Our, our salvation is extraordinary, by the way. <laughs> It means that it's shared. We have a common salvation. We share the same salvation. Titus 1, verse number 4. Paul told Titus, he called him my own son after the common 
faith. And again, that is speaking of, it's a shared faith that, that we all have. Romans 1, verse 11 and 12. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church. He said, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. That is, he said, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Mutual faith. Again, a like precious faith means a faith of equal value. Understand that we all came to be in Christ the same way. We all came to him by grace through faith. If you're saved this morning, you came the Bible way or you haven't come. The Bible way is by grace through faith and what Christ did there on the cross of Calvary. And all of us who are saved by grace through faith have the possession of the same salvation in Christ and that salvation in Christ gives us some wonderful benefits. Again, uh, Paul referred to them as spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And uh, listen, uh, that's a like precious faith. You know, when, when we all are saved by grace through faith and we're in the possession of the same salvation in Christ, that is like precious faith. Now, what does it mean when something or someone is precious? And, you know, those of us that are grandparents, we know what it means when we call our grandchildren precious. Amen. There's nobody like them, is there? They're just, they're just not. And for something to be precious, it should be rare. Um, the salvation that we enjoy by grace through faith in Christ is rare. There's nothing else like it. There's no other salvation. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 13, 14 Jesus said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. He said, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It's a narrow way, because it's the only way. In fact, John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So you go, we go Jesus' way, or we don't go at all. Acts 4 verse 12, uh, when uh, Peter was preaching, uh, he, he said that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so for something to be precious, it should be rare in our salvation. Understand, there's not a bunch of ways to get to heaven. There's only one, and that makes it rare. Also, for something to be precious it should have what is called intrinsic value. Intrinsic means in, inherent, it's essential. It belongs naturally. It's got value of its own self. That precious nature of our faith is inherent. Not necessarily in our minds, but rather in the precious nature of that which we possess by our faith in Christ. Now listen, and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. And I'm going to ask you a question. Is it possible to have something in your possession that you don't fully appreciate the precious nature of? You can, can't you? Uh, very, very much so. When, I know when our parents, my, my wife and our parents went home to be with the Lord, uh, we inherited some things. In fact, we came, came to possess some things that were more precious than we realized that they were. And we came across some things that were less precious than we thought that they were. 
but uh, but there was a preciousness that was there or a value that was there whether we realized it or not and when we came to realize it that was a great thing and listen when you come to realize the precious nature of your salvation and all that you have in Christ it is a wonderful thing but you can you can have possession of it without real, realizing just how precious it is for something to be precious thirdly it should be useful. Our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ freed us from the penalty of sin. I say that's pretty useful, right? Amen. We don't, we don't have to pay the debt since our sin debt anymore. We were on our way to hell. We were on our way to be punished for our own sins. Uh, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. When we were just... You know, condemnation was just hanging over our head and if our heart had stopped before we came to believe in Christ, we would have been in a bad, a bad fix. But our faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ not only freed us from the penalty of sin, but it frees us from the power of sin. Sin doesn't have to have power in our life anymore. Through Christ, we can, we can get victory over our sin. Uh, through uh, what he has done and through the Holy Spirit that he's given to us. But not only that, it frees us, it assures us that one day in the future, and I hope it's someday soon, and I believe it's someday soon, that it will free us from the very presence of sin. I, you know, I, I don't really have to ask this question, how many are grieved with the, this world that we live in? how wicked and how vile that it is. And even it's getting more wicked and vile each and every passing day. It's when I think I've seen, seen it all, I come to realize I haven't seen it all, uh, that more wickedness comes our way. If you've ever played mon the, the game Monopoly, you came to know the value of the get-out-of-jail-free card, didn't you? Amen. Uh, especially when you hit that space that says, do not go directly to jail. Do not pass code. Do not collect $200. I always hated that. But if you had to get out of jail free card, you may not have got your $200, but at least you were out playing again. Amen? And that was useful when you needed it. And our faith is precious in that it keeps us out of hell. Not jail, but out of hell. And our, our faith in Christ changed our very nature and thereby it changed our future. It changes our future. So our salvation is a like precious faith that we share with every other believer. Whether others realize it's as precious as you, as you realize it or not. It's a like precious faith. Second thing I want us to see is our salvation is a like precious faith that brought us into a precious relationship with the triune God of the universe. By faith in Christ, we have a relationship with God, the Heavenly Father. What a wonderful thing. Think about the fact that we who were previously at enmity with God, before you trusted Christ, you were at enmity with God. We, we have been reconciled, though, to God and now have a relationship with I, with God, our, our loving Heavenly Father. Uh, John 1, verse 12 and 13 says, But as many as received Him, Christ, uh, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Think about it. 
were sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We're born of God. We, 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 he is our Heavenly Father now. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 and 19 says, And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Think about it. Christ wanted, uh, God wanted to have a relationship with us. And he was willing to send his only begotten son to pay sin's price on our behalf that he could have a relationship with us. So to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Uh, verse number 19 of 2 Corinthians 5 says, listen to Romans 5 and verse 10. It says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's a blessing, amen? Colossians 1 verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. We've been reconciled to God. We've been reconciled to the Heavenly Father. In Galatians 4, 6, Because your sons God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son in, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In Romans eight fifteen, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We can come before the Heavenly Father and we can pray as, as Jesus gave the, the pattern, uh, a, a pattern for prayer and say, Our Father which art in heaven. And, and because He is our Father now that we've been born again into His family. Second thing is we have a relationship with God the Son. Talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Look there at 1 Peter, 1 Peter uh, back, back a few pages, verse number two, chapter number 2 and verse number 4. 1 Peter and chapter number 2 and verse number 4. Look what it says here. It's talking about the Lord here, Lord Jesus Christ, to whom coming as unto living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. There's that word precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, and there's that word precious, again, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, and I hope you're a believer this morning, if you believe, he is precious. You may not have realized the, the great preciousness that he is, but to you to believe, he is precious. And it, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, uh, whereunto they also were appointed. So we, we see... Uh, a, a, a precious relationship with God the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, th think about it again. When we uh, think about something being precious, we said that which is precious is rare. Look at Colossians chapter number 1. 
I hope you'll turn with me there, Colossians chapter 1, because it reveals to us the precious nature of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here. Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading verse number, verse number 15. Colossians 1, verse number 15. It's talking about Jesus here. And it calls him, in verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, by Christ, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That's unique, isn't it? And look at verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him, talking about in Jesus, should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross. That's peace he purchased on our account. Amen. He made our peace for us. So by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Listen, Jesus Christ is rare. Jesus Christ is not one of many possible saviors. He is absolutely one of a kind, unique. He is the one and only God-man. He is the one Kind, one, only one of his kind. Hebrews 10 verse 12 talks about Christ. Says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. One mediator that we have. And that is Christ. And so, all of this shows his preciousness. Listen, we said that precious, that which is precious has intrinsic value. In other words, it belongs naturally to it. Jesus Christ is precious because of who he is. He is the eternal God incarnate. Eternal God that came in the flesh. And we just read there... Uh, I refer to it in Colossians 2 9, for in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And there in verse number 19 of Colossians 1, we read, It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. All the fullness of God is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That which is precious, we said, is also useful. Listen, Jesus Christ is the answer, the one and only answer to the greatest need of all mankind. What's man's greatest need? To have forgiveness of sin. To have his, his, his sin forgiven, cleansed, and to be made of uh, uh, a right to go to heaven. Amen. His life, Jesus Christ's life, 
He gives that life to those who trust Him. His death gives redemption from death, hell, and the grave to all who trust Him. His resurrection justifies us and gives us a sure hope and expectation that the grave is not the end. Amen? You know, I may very well die one day before the Lord comes back. And they'll lay me out and uh, folks will shed tears, I'm sure. Uh, over over uh, the, my, my demise. But listen, that's not me. That's just the shell that I lived in while I was here. The real me is absent from that body and present with the Lord. Amen. 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 That's why death doesn't scare me. Uh, Christ's resurrection gives us a sure hope and expectation that the grave is not the end. And the anticipation of His return delights our hearts. I know that one day, if they do lay that body in the ground, it's going to be raised again. It's going to be raised incorruptible. And if the Lord Jesus Christ should come before I die, which is what my prayer and hope is for, I'd like to go up by way of the rapture. Amen. And I'll be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump and the trumpet shall, shall sound. The dead's going to be raised incorruptible and then he's going to change those that are alive. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. What, what a wonderful thing. But that is useful, isn't it? That is useful. That's the precious nature of our relationship with Jesus Christ, those of us who are born again. And then... Let's not forget the third part of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with God the Holy Spirit. In fact, He takes up residence inside. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Now that word another comforter, when Jesus said it, that word another comforter means another of the same kind. Jesus said, I'm going to give you another comforter just like me. And that's why it's called His Spirit. His Holy Spirit is given to us. And those of us that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the witness of that Holy Spirit living within. Now listen, we've just scratched the surface here. As believers, we are in possession of this like precious faith. And we have all this so much more. If you're here and you've not, you're not a believer, don't you want to get in on that? Amen? I trust that you do. And you can have an opportunity to do that today. We trust that you'll take advantage of that opportunity to come to know the Lord as your Savior and you can know the, understand the, come to understand the precious nature of the faith that those of us who are saved have. And you can join in that common that, that uh, like precious faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning.